Welcome to Medicare Advantage for Health Plans podcast. Insider insights and perspectives to increase profitability and impact the health of the members you serve. This program is sponsored by AdvantaSure, services and technology solutions for government-sponsored health plans. Welcome to Episode 10, Ethics, Data Science, and Social Determinants of Health. We're joined today by data scientist Brandon Brooks. Welcome, Brandon. I am thrilled to have you on the show today. Hey, thanks. It's great to be here. Brandon, you have an incredible professional background. You've got your PhD in Media and Information Studies. You taught big data, social network analysis, and social science research methods as a university professor. And then you got into analytics consulting, helping organizations make better decisions using data-informed policy. And now you're with AdvantaSure, focused on developing analytic products for health plans and providers around the country, and specifically developing models that improve targeted digital engagement and outreach efforts with members in the Medicare Advantage and Medigap product areas. Yeah, it sounds like a broad array of experiences, but a common professional theme for me and the way I view my role as a data scientist is really to help organizations make ethical decisions um, using data to improve people's lives. For example, one field that I've worked in is digital inequality, which is really all about looking at populations to determine who has access to the internet, who does or doesn't have internet literacy, and how are people of different populations using the internet. And this influences how you develop messaging to those people and outreach campaigns. And as a society, we have to figure out how we can help people get better access to the internet, how do you improve people's literacy, and ultimately, how does that impact their quality of life? And I think the reason for this is because different social factors impact the perception of digital messages. These questions are important. Factors like digital inequality and other social factors, they're all relevant across every sector of life. But in the fast-paced changing healthcare world, I really think it's even more important as telehealth visits, online prescriptions, and other things go digital. That's fascinating. So we all know that social determinants of health is an important aspect of reaching Medicare Advantage populations, whether that's getting them into a plan, closing care gaps, or for member engagement. How do you use your knowledge in digital inequality to improve member acquisition and outreach campaigns for health plans? I really love that question. Uh, first, I just want to dispel this perception that data scientists are, are some sort of magic bullet. You know, people think if you have enough data, you can solve any problem. It's not that the data solves the problem. It's the line of questions that dig down into the root of the problem. I really think it's human creativity that attempts to find solutions to old problems in new ways. The data is not the answer. The data supports, it validates, and it expedites the analytical process to find the answer. Of course, we do want robust data to build models and predict who's going to do something or how do we encourage a certain action. But if you're not asking the right questions, you're not going to get the right answers. And the other problem is the potential for ethical issues and bias in the data. AI is primarily based on historical data, so you're always predicting people's behavior on past trends. So what that ultimately bakes into the algorithm that you're building is the potential for ethical issues and bias. There's evidence of this in healthcare algorithms. For example, 
in one particular study, this algorithm uh, helped hospitals build and identify patients who need high-risk care management. The algorithm was built with faulty logic. It equated healthcare spending with healthcare need, which sounded like common sense, but the problem is that Americans and higher socioeconomic classes tend to spend more on healthcare than those in lower socioeconomic classes because they simply have more to spend. While Americans with less money and fewer resources spend less often and often forego necessary medical care, such as doctor visits, preventative health care, and filling prescription medications. That study that I mentioned uncovered that the algorithm was unintentionally and disproportionately placing healthier patients into the high-risk care management programs while leaving out the sicker patients who spent less on health care but had a much greater need. So let's imagine that this algorithm ran for a decade on one community. What would the effect be? How many lives would be upended without any known reason? This would cause lasting harm to the healthcare industry. It's necessary and worth the cost to spend the time and resources to investigate and understand the nuances of algorithmic decision-making and outcomes prior to their implementation. We can also see this present in the hiring patterns for data scientists across industries. Hiring seems to be focused on highly technical data scientists with background in computer science. Those folks are highly trained and competent. They don't necessarily receive the training, though, that's necessary to think about something like health costs and how those health costs can be associated with someone's socioeconomic status. And historical data may continue to further systematic issues already present in the healthcare system. Even the healthcare systems that it can afford to hire the data scientists are likely coming from more affluent backgrounds and have a more affluent patient population. This creates the data used to build those algorithms, which then biases the results of the algorithm and is limited in its usefulness to create a fair and equitable healthcare experience for all members, which we all are really working towards. One other area of bias that I want to mention is that, that within the healthcare industry, as we become more aware of this rural versus urban population, there's just more hospitals and specialized providers in the urban settings. And so it's becoming harder to attract healthcare workers to sparsely populated areas. Let's say that, it, that we want to account for this. We wanted to create a model that predicted the likelihood of a member to use a telehealth provider, which would help us compensate for the reduced number of people in those uh, Medicare or medical facilities in the rural areas. That sounds like a great idea, right? We find out which people are, are most likely to be users of telehealth and then try and apply those same factors across urban and rural environments. This is a service offered by some health plans where they work across different states, different geographies, and different demographic bases. A healthcare provider building a model like that could spend a ton of time, money, and come up with a highly accurate model but not have access to data on any of the issues related to digital inequality that are necessary to predict someone's likelihood of actually using telehealth. So the model is useless because it's built on faulty data, unless, of course, the data was used to deploy the model in a different way. Maybe this model creates an opportunity for the health plan to partner with an internet service provider. That's the other side of these modeling stories, and ultimately a story of data science. It's not just a one-size-fits-all and there could be multiple ways to use one model. But we have to think and act creatively outside the boundaries of what we think is possible. 
This is also why we can't just have computer scientists building models. We need programmers, social scientists, qualitative and quantitative people, user experience thinkers, and ethics and policy-focused people. This group needs to think about the conceptual framework of the model, the outcomes, and the bias baked in from the beginning, and the bias that is an output. That makes sense that the data used to feed the algorithms has to be consistent with the population you're applying the logic to. So when we talk about using data for marketing, you know, for health plan enrollment and retention efforts, what are the implications? What's the potential harm that could occur from marketing or messaging to populations with inaccurate models? Well, the problem is that you could be sending the wrong message to the wrong people. That doesn't sound like a big deal, but let me tell you why this is a costly mistake and has ethical implications. One, from the plan's perspective, this can create a negative brand image, harming potential members' perception of the plan and hurting annual enrollment. Obviously, this isn't good for business, but what I worry about most in these situations is the model is too broad, meaning the messaging speaks in a nonspecific way, using general language so it applies to more people. The campaign could encourage someone to sign up for the wrong plan for the needs. This could affect the care they receive and really impact their health, their finances, their overall quality of life, and ultimately for the plan retention. People have a ton of options in the Medicare Advantage product space, and pushing a plan that a member signs up for and ends up not liking will bring short-term value, but it won't make a brand ambassador out of that person. And that person is who we need. Having a health plan aligned with a member's needs is extremely important for good health outcomes. Of course, this is also impacts a plan's star ratings and member experience, so there's the business consequences too. I think the take-home is that plans have an ethical responsibility to make sure their member models are correct, the logic used in data models are accurate and congruent with their target population. I think you've exposed something really important. You know, marketing and communications is more than just sending messages. You know, it does have real consequences that affect real people. I'm wondering, are there any checks and balances for making sure the data sources, the models, and the end messages are all aligned? Massive mistakes are possible, and it proves the inherent risk present in big data science efforts. The first thing is to make sure to always deploy at small scale. Randomize control experiments to test the effectiveness and determine if false positive or false negatives will occur. The second thing is conducting qualitative interviews and focus groups, as well as looking at data on a large scale to test the outcomes of the models beyond their actual statistical outputs. To preempt this, every data science team needs someone who is focused on the ethics and bias of models from a behavioral science perspective. And the reason is because these professionals understand how social factors impact or bias our decision making. What's happened in the data science world is there's an imbalanced demand for data scientists, statisticians, and really technical people. But where the industry is still lacking is making it the norm to include team members who are thinking about the social ramifications of what's going into the model and what happens when you deploy a model. The other way to prevent data bias is in the contracting phase, integrating a contingency for it if the data doesn't work. Let's say there's a health plan with five counties and they want to expand to a new county. Well, the communication vendors or data science as a service vendor should include a contingency that says, if the data turns out to only apply to a percentage of their new county's population rather than the whole population, they'll only deploy the campaigns to the population they have good models for. Ethics should be king here, not the contract value. So going back to your question, the other way to ensure good campaign outcomes for both the health plan and the member is to make sure you've developed a model that asks the right questions. 
you know, you have to aim to solve the true problem and not just address the symptoms of a problem. It's no different than giving someone a Tylenol for a headache. We haven't asked why the person has the headache. There might be something deeper to uncover. Data science is the same way. We have to consider how we select the metrics and how those metrics influence behavior. As an example, let's say a health plan wants to close medication gaps. So we look at income, education, and other demographic information because we think it's going to have an effect on whether someone is likely to fill their prescription. So we run a digital outreach campaign because we think it's going to have a big impact and close a bunch of gaps. That might work ever so slightly, but if we step back and think about the outcome, the outcome is closing gaps, but what we haven't done is asked why. Why do these gaps exist to begin with? There might be specific groups of people who might have gaps that can't be closed by seeing an email communication because there might be other needs like geographic proximity to a pharmacy. In this case, our campaigns are not going to be successful. By asking why and getting to the root cause of the problem, the health plan can provide solutions that work. In the example of the pharmacy des desert, the open gaps are a symptom of the bigger problem, not having nearby pharmacies. Now, the health plan knows they need to figure out how to deploy additional pharmacy resources in the area, maybe create partnerships with pharmacy providers. A digital campaign that aims to get members enrolled in an online or mail-in pharmacy program, this could be successful because the metric is correct. It's pharmacy availability, not gaps adherence. Getting the metric correct influences everyone's behavior from the top down, and getting members enrolled in mail order prescriptions or digital pharmacy orders would ultimately help close medication adherence rates, which is really still the ultimate goal. So with social determinants of health, what are the data sources that help to define the needs of the population? How do you arrive at the conclusion that there's a pharmacy or a food desert or a transportation insufficiency? It's definitely a challenge to find the populations with specific needs. This is where more and better data are needed, and the industry has a lot of room for growth. Health plans are administering member surveys, so self-reporting is probably an accurate source in conjunction with zip code level data. But zip code level data is tricky, because there can be wide ranges of income and education levels. If you were to use zip code data for pharmacies, the data could suggest that there's an adequate number of pharmacies for the population, but in reality, there could be pockets of neighborhoods with no pharmacy access. Some data scientists are drilling down to the street-level data and analyzing enrollment rates of mail-in pharmacy users, which could be a potential solution here. And sometimes the data just isn't available. In these situations, the best path to market may not be digital. This is where boots-on-the-ground efforts hold a lot of value. Sometimes plans have got to get into those communities and gauge on personal levels, whether that's through agents or mixed methods. For example, let's take the Medicare Advantage marketing space. There are so many plan options available to people, and the number of four- or five-star plans have doubled this year. How does a retiree make a decision about that Medicare Advantage plan to choose? What communication channels are best to engage with that person to market plans to them? Big data is just one piece of that puzzle. There could be barriers that that person experienced during their career that means they will never choose a certain Medicare Advantage plan. So to understand that and the other barriers or opportunities to market to potential enrollees will require a quantitative data approach and a qualitative approach. Perhaps we use agent data to understand what plans agents sell the most. Then plans can use interviews and focus groups with those agents to understand what's working, why, and how to employ that. Then develop a product that's based on the quantitative and qualitative data and deploy it at a small scale. See what happens. If it's showing success, scale it up. 
I think the take-home message is whether you're building a healthcare algorithm or a marketing algorithm, the data needs to be looked at from all angles, quantitative, qualitative, question your assumptions to get the root cause of the problem you're attempting to solve. Test it and to continue to challenge the foundation of the algorithm. Brandon, you're right. Algorithms are not magic. They're built by humans. So it's going to happen where the results aren't what we expect. So I appreciate that mindset of continually reviewing and challenging the technology. Exactly. That's the ethical side of data science. And we, the industry, definitely need to put more focus there to be good stewards of data technology and the people it impacts. This has been really insightful. And it's such a powerful message that the healthcare industry needs to hear. Brandon, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks. I really enjoyed it. To all our listeners, thanks for listening in. Don't forget to follow the podcast on Apple or Spotify, rate it, and share it with your colleagues. See you next time. This program was brought to you by Advantisure. From health management, member engagement, billing and claims, to risk adjustment and quality. Advantisure has a full suite of services and technology solutions for government-sponsored health plans.